We've talked about the divinity of Christ, uh, and as we know, we could gone through that subject and added more and more and more. Um, but um, I think we've we've established the point clear enough to move on to another topic, and that is the humanity of Christ, because this is the challenge: how to. Uh, talk about a divine Christ and a human Christ. Now, we're not even going to get into today how he could be both at the same time, because that's the complex thing. Leading up to that difficulty, because that is a difficult concept for us to understand, leading up to that difficulty, some people have just kind of proactively decided, well, he wasn't really human, right? Or... Or he wasn't really divine. They, they kind of fall on one side or the other. We've answered whether he was divine or not. So that's not an option in, in trying to sort this thing out. So we want to look at the other side of the coin. Was he, in fact, you know, human? Because there are, there are people that challenge that. And there are even people that I've heard in churches of Christ kind of challenge not that idea but but say things that are similar to some of those things that are thousands of years old challenging the divinity uh, the the humanity of Christ and and they'll they'll say well i've heard well he couldn't really have sinned you know or or something like that like he was tempted but it was like kind of protocol he kind of went through the motions of being tempted but he couldn't have really have done that you know and it's like uh that that challenges human his humanity i don't know if you realize what you're saying so um i want to look at uh first timothy we're going to start over here on the left side we've been picking on the right side here for a little bit uh so we'll start over uh margie you want to read first timothy three sixteen. We're, these are going, these first two scriptures are just going to be some of the passages that if you were going to this one's hard this side of the story is harder to challenge we'll, we'll say that right because we understand Jesus as a human but these are some of the passages that that would be used to kind of support that idea first Timothy 316. Okay, now when we read it in the Amplified, that kind of removes all doubt, right? Doesn't it? Uh, that, that, the Amplified is handy for that. Um, does anybody have a different, more concise <laughs> translation? <laughs> Beyond all question, the mystery of godliness is great. He appeared in a body. He appeared. Spirit was seen by angels, was 
preached among the nations, was believed on in the world, and was taken up in glory. Okay, and some of the older ones, instead of appeared, will say, like, manifested. That's kind of this big, vague word. What does manifested mean? And, and so the idea that, that some would say, and again, this is not very popular today, not in a very Christianized world, but there was, the further back in time you go, there was more of a mystical understanding of Christianity, uh, especially as you have a lot of pagans accepting scriptures for the first time. That this, that there was this like manifested, and it goes kind of to Gnosticism, where, where he appeared this way, but it wasn't reality. Right? <laughs> it, it was all about the appearance. So the death was kind of a a, a mirage almost for our benefit. Uh, so, so that's one of the scriptures. And then, uh, Marcia, would you like to read uh, Romans eight and verse three? And you'll see kind of the, the, the same thing here. Romans 8, 3. For what the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful men to be sin offering, and so he condemned sin Okay, so if you were one of these people that believed that, how would you explain this verse? How, how would you, here I am, I'm a person that believes in the humanity and the deity of Christ, and you, you don't, how, what, what does this verse mean to you? Well, it was likeness. Oh, see, very good. It's, it's like it. He appeared, and it's the same idea, the appearance. It's, it, it, it looked like he was in. Because what is now, what do we have the, the problem here? What, what, what would people naturally in this verse, if you just read it quick, what, what looks wrong? Okay. Well, we don't like the picture of Jesus weak. That's for one. What? Well, but but if you were maybe you don't want a Jesus that does that experiences what you. I, I would think I would want a Jesus that experiences what I want. That's kind of the point of Hebrews. What what in this verse? What in Romans eight three is? Offensive. That he was in the likeness of what? Sinful flesh. I, I don't like that, those two words, Jesus and sinful, I don't like in the same sentence. Right. And so, so that's why they interpret, well, he came and looked like it, but not really. <clears throat> because they're trying, because... And, and th this is this idea has infected a lot of religions, and this is uh, where some of the ideas surrounding. So we get the idea of original sin, and so we uh, interpret original sin as sinful flesh. That's the first problem here. And that's not what this means, right? Sinful flesh doesn't mean that the flesh itself is sinful. Right? It's just a body. That's all it is. It's just skin and 
You know, it, it, that's all. The, the concept is that if they understood the concept, if, if we just back up and say this is not literal, but the, the idea is that, like we talked about when we talked about man's nature and all that, that, that we have the tendency to sin. And we have so much of a tendency to sin, you know, like David would say things like, listen, I've sinned since I was born. Oh, not really. But I was born in sin. Like, oh, wow, he was, in fact, already a sinner when he was born. And, and, and we have the apostles saying the same thing. Like, well, who, was this man uh, sinful that he was born? You know, wait a minute. No, <laughs> Jesus goes through all this and says, you don't, you don't really understand what, this is kind of a, a metaphor. And, and we're, we're observing the general idea of humanity is that we sin. Yeah, Mark. Sure. It's like the, the crux of our belief system, and to say that, oh yeah, it was really fake and it was a deception, and God didn't really, yeah, God didn't really come down here. Yeah. That's that's a pretty uh, a pretty big part of God's nature to say that He was deceitful in, in how He was dealing with. Yeah, it. yeah, that that is that, that He had to. That that's a really good observation that God had to like like sneaky do stuff. He couldn't just be who he was. Like I'm going to lie to you that the whole premise of what I'm doing is actually not real. That 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 is kind of offensive. That's more offensive than what people are offended at in this verse, and that's having Jesus as in the form of sinful flesh. That when we start to break that concept down, it's not really that offensive. Jesus came. And appeared in an actual human form, the same exact as people who tend to sin. That's all that means. That's not really that offensive. This doesn't say that Jesus was a sinner, or that his body had sin was sinful, or or, this doesn't say anything like that. But from this, there's a doctrine. That kind of from this idea, not necessarily from this verse, but but from this idea, there's there's a doctrine, and it uh, it's called the immaculate conception. The immaculate conception is not what you think it is. A lot of people think the immaculate conception refers to the virgin birth of Mary, and we go, oh, that's a nice story. That's not what the immaculate conception is, or excuse me, uh, of Jesus, the virgin birth of Jesus. It actually is a doctrine. It's a Catholic doctrine. And this, is, this gets into some of the deification of Mary, where, where Mary is way, way, way up there. Where somehow, some way, we don't know how, but Mary was born without original sin. <coughs> Why was she born without original sin? Because we have a problem. If Mary has original sin, she's going to pass that down because original sin is passed down according to the... So the idea through the mother to the child. That's that's official Catholic doctrine. And, and so if Mary has original sin, she's going to pass that to Jesus, and now we have a problem. Right? And and, it, and everybody's trying to figure out how to, to reconcile a pure Jesus with you know, with the humanity of Jesus and all of these things. And, and 
it's really not that hard. We, we really don't have to get all in the weeds like this. It's very simple. Jesus had a body. But the body is not his divine part. And that's kind of what we're going we're, we're gonna to kind of hold some of those passages off for next week that talk kind of combine the both of them. Um, I think next week or the week after. I'm not sure exactly what order I'm doing uh, some of these in. Yeah. No, no. Original sin uh, originates with, um, really with, I don't know if it originates with, but we track that pretty much to Augustine. Um, it was around the year 400. And a lot of these other ideas. So, so because of what we're just talking about, um, <clears throat> the, the book City of God calls... Uh, among other things, I think that's the that's the book that Aug- he wrote a number of books, and that's one of them where he calls Mary the mother of God, and this is one of those syllogisms, and that, and that's that's a part of this exaltation of Mary, uh, and that caused a great huge controversy that book and that reference, and um, yeah. So, so, yes. Yes, they do. Inescapable. Yeah. Against yeah. Will. You can't yep. control it. You are simple. Yeah. Yeah, they, they, they might have different terminologies, but that's essentially, uh, that's essentially the same. Uh, they, they phrase it different, and different people hold it to different degrees. But, yeah, you, you, have, you have that, uh, that original sin, that... that Fallen nature of man and all that stuff. That that's that's pretty much throughout every one of your Protestant denominations to some degree or more. So, so we want to kind of look at Jesus in the flesh. Well, Hebrews chapter two verse fourteen. Uh, Mike, you want to read that? Hebrews two fourteen. As we read these, I'm going to essentially be saying the same thing. Isn't this pretty obvious? <laughs> right? Uh, he shared in what? Humanity. Okay, humanity. What else? Death. Death? Flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. <clears throat> What's significant about... I mean, the, the, our whole Sunday morning is kind of pictured around this, right? But beyond, beyond just the idea of, because when, when we hear that flesh and blood, the, you know, we, we, our minds now, 2,000 years later, go to communion, which is an important connection to this. But, but take away communion for just a moment. What's flesh and blood? And what's blood? Right. What kind of life? Human, 
physical life. I mean, I suppose blood is more than human life. But, but in our, our understanding, for me, it, it is my human existence. It's necessary for me to survive. He partook of that. Right? He shared in that. Uh, so, so it is that reference is incredibly important that he specifies flesh and blood. Uh, Connie, do you want to look the the book of John and chapter one and verse fourteen? We don't have time to get into the concept of the logos or what we call the word here. It's a deep idea. Uh, and, but this is one of the, the titles for God. And it's kind of, the, the theory is this is what Christ was known as, and it seems to be that way, prior to his humanity. That the, the idea of the son, what we call the references to him as the son or the heir, these things don't really they're not his description prior to, because he hadn't emptied himself. He hadn't made himself lower yet. It, 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 that all of those references have to do with his humanity. Uh, so he, wasn't, he didn't walk around heaven as the son of God. However, he was, whatever this relationship was, a part of it was, and he, this was not a word that we have in our Old Testament, the logos. This is apparently a, However, they address each other, these personas, personalities, wherever you want to go with that. This is his identity with God, right? Uh, so, so we don't even have this one prior to, to him coming. We learn so much about God in the New Testament and their identities and their, their titles and, and roles and things. Uh, whereas in the Old Testament, it's very general. But the word became flesh. Um, I would like to know, uh, sadly, um, one of the things that happened, we talked about Gnosticism, but um, the Greek philosophers and, and things had some of these ideas in their own understanding of the universe. And so a lot of, Things that are said about the logos really are are theories that are borrowed from from Gnosticism. So I really don't want to get in because, quite frankly, this is way over my head. What I know about this is very little. So I try not to talk about things I don't know a lot about, which is quite a bit. First uh, John chapter one verse one. Kenzie, do you want to? Read this now, now. Gnosticism is important. That's the the reason why John writes his books. That's the primary topic. But First John, so that's the towards the end here is his uh, his letters. First John one and verse one. 
That which was uh, from the beginning, of which we have heard, of which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at our hands, who have touched, this we proclaim concerning the word of life. Why does John write this verse? Okay. To use it as a witness, the same thing. That he did witness everything. Now, when he says we, who is he talking about? The apostles and close (laughs) disciples. John writes his, and, and this is why John's letters. We talked about how if you want to read what Matthew or what, what, what Jesus did, you read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Those were early. And those were written with a very um, uh, I guess technically Luke was written to likely a Gentile, but um, and as well as the book of Acts. But with a Jewish audience kind of still, a Jewish Christian audience still common. And John is written afterwards. And, it, and, and it's not primarily towards a Jewish audience. Right? Uh, not, not that there would be no Jews that read this. There's still Jews in the world. But you have the fall of Jerusalem. You have what's called the diaspora. You have, they're all spread out uh, in terms of Jews. And, and by this time... You know, late 80s, early 90s is where John writes his books. So you have a lot more Greek influence. And these books are written for Gnostics. His, throughout the book of John, he's, and throughout his letters, he's constantly describing who Christ is. Because there were, so, there were so many ideas, and there's different branches of Gnostics starting already. Uh, and, and so they, one of these ideas was that Jesus fainted on the cross, that he didn't really die, and, and that Jesus was a spirit. He didn't have a body. The, the same idea that, that Jesus kind of, because they, the Gnostics believed that the flesh was evil, right? Which you can read. Remember when, when, um, when Peter writes that Paul writes in some things that are really difficult to understand and people twist to their own destruction, Right, so some of Paul's writings were talking about the, the evilness of the flesh in Romans chapter seven and Romans chapter five, and all of these these verses. Some of those, some people coming from a, a Greek perspective, were saying, "Well, if the flesh is evil, and we're starting to get into original sin, right? A lot of Christianity is based on Gnosticism. In our world today, a lot of it has its roots." In Gnosticism, Catholicism, and, and, and Calvinism, all these really go back to Gnostic teaching, where, where, where the flesh is evil inherently. So they said, wait a minute, Jesus couldn't come like that. Logical. So they had to come up with this way to explain Christ in some terms that wasn't offensive. So they said, the whole thing was a mirage. And we get back to, that's insulting, that, that, that God has to lie to us, you know. Then the whole Bible is a fake. I mean, that's, yes. that's what I don't understand, right. is why are they creating something yeah. to some religion that they've made all of this fake? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, right. So we get back to we get back to flesh and blood, uh, and we now that meets communion. Right. So so here he says, um, we've seen him, we've touched him. This wasn't. This wasn't, if they just said, we saw him, they said, yeah, you saw a mirage. No, we touched them. <laughs> Can't do that with a mirage. So, um, what, what, I mean, I'm just, I don't think the Catholics or, or Baptists or anybody. No, they don't, no, 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 no. That, I'm not saying they, they believe in Gnosticism. I'm saying a lot of your Catholic, doc, I don't know about a lot, but, but. Some of your Catholic and, and Protestant teachings come from things that are connected to the same ideas that Gnostics brought their teachings from. Some of these same things, right? So, so you kind of have a, a root cause, and, and it can cause different things, but you can trace it back to a common idea. And it's like, if we didn't have this idea, we wouldn't have all of this nonsense, Right? Some people went way out into left field. So they're struggling with the same wrong idea. Right. Yes, exactly. They didn't go back far right. They didn't go back far enough. That, that's, that's right. And, and think about the whole idea. What, what we call Protestant comes from what? The Protestant... Church. Right? It's called the what? The Protestant what? Reformation. They wanted to reform the Catholic Church. They wanted to go back to a point and start from that point where they thought this was the right thing. It's like, no, if we could have gone back, the, you know, four or five hundred years earlier, that would have been great. Uh, so, um, it must have been an interesting time, though, when at some point between, you know, 80, 90, 80, mm-hmm. Yeah. You've got the prophetic things that are happening in the church on Sundays kind of declining. Sure. Because you have the copies of the letters of the apostles increasing. And so it kind of makes sense that you have all of this kind of Greek influx, mm-hmm. this Greek thought, the Gnosticism, the stuff that they've been learning from Aristotle and Plato and all that stuff. And they're trying to use this other knowledge make sense of this new doctrine, this yeah. new Christian doctrine, yeah. and you're going to have that kind of intermixing, right? Right. And they're trying to justify both sides, probably. So and Honestly, if a lot of them were heathens, well, religion in the outside world, apart from Christianity, was an economic means and a power means, right? Sure. If you look at all of the Greek and Roman gods, so a lot of those are probably bringing in, it didn't matter if you really Yeah, and, and and you bring up a good point talking about how how your prophetic influences are declining as the people who are given those gifts, but the apostles are dead, so they, they're not giving out those gifts to any new people, and the people that had them are aging out, and kind of there's fewer of them, and you might not have one of those guys in your church, and that's okay. We've got these letters, but we don't we have two or three of them, or we're circulating them, and and we're in this flux. Which ones are the right ones? Which ones are counterfeits? And and there's all these things happening, and and there's actually I think a, a period where we go, 
a lot of times we say, oh, let's go back to what these, what we call apostolic church fathers. That would be the people right after the apostles or the early church fathers, which is kind of like the apostles' grand, spiritual grandchildren, if you want to think like two generations. I think there's actually a dip in theological accuracy before people start getting the whole thing and going, okay, let's, and unfortunately, it, this is the time period where a lot of doctrines that we have today are formed. So, Mike, did, did I cut you off? I'm sorry. Well, I was just thinking that they, no, I don't know, I think that's a good point to leave it on, what you just said. Because <laughs> it's such, a, no, it's such a rabbit hole yeah. So, Cat, um, okay, you want to read Galatians four four? This is where we get into the weeds of, was it God's son who was born? We're going to try to figure out the humanity and divinity relationship later. The reason I mentioned this is because one of the explanations, and it's not a commonly held one, but one of the things that, that I've run into is people trying to figure out the Trinity now. And, and you throw that into the mix with, with humanity and one of the things that comes out is, well, there's only one God and is one personality. So people are trying to figure out how he could be three and one. And we talked, we talked about how that can't be true. But, but one of the things they, they say is, well, Jesus was born. He was just human. He was only human. And when you read the Bible, you see the baptism of Christ and, and what happens, the Holy Spirit comes down and lands on him, right? And so, so they'll say, well, God kind of came down and in the form of the Holy Spirit that was Christ. He changes forms, come down on the Holy Spirit and is in Jesus. And indwells himself. Well, no, he indwells the human person. There's, that's not God yet. That's just a body. That's just a normal human being up until that point. Then he's God. Then he goes back, kind of, it's like well, there's really no God ever in heaven because now he's back here as the Holy Spirit, you know. So it's it's weird. It, it's it's why not a lot of people believe it. But I find it ironic that you look at some of the science and medical conditions that we know about now, and you go back to the garden about you know the sweating blood under yeah. great stress. That's a that's a real thing. Yeah, it's been proven. And you look on the cross whenever they. Spirit and blood and water came out. That's mm -hmm. a real thing that yep. a human body does after a certain amount of time. It you know, there's there's body fluids and blood that will come out that looks like water whenever it's yep. know, it, it maxes in, in the body cavity. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Science has proven that he yeah. was yeah. indeed yeah. had very yeah, and in fact, I read a thing. It's from the Journal of American Medical Association. It talks about all of these things that are in John's. John's not a doctor, you know, and he's describing things, and it's called like pericardial something long words that I don't know. And 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 
and it's like you can you can like the, it's a scientific description that they can diagnose exactly what Jesus died from like from the book of John and you're saying this is made up please yeah, it's, I mean you think about the medical science yeah or lack thereof yeah. back at that time and you think well yeah. how, how could they have made this up so yeah, the the one I think that you're looking at is in my notes. It's in Luke 24. I'm not gonna. We won't turn there since you, uh, we run in a little bit. That's okay. We have some scriptures to get through, and we're low on time. But that one's called hematidosis. That one I can pronounce. I, I, I practiced that one a long time. Uh, but uh, uh, and that is where the capillary is right next to under extreme amounts of stress. Right where those those pop um, and 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 mix into your sweat, it is like extreme stress. Right? Um, I, I actually that might be a different. I'll I'll check because that might be now that I'm thinking about that might be a different week that I have that. No, that's a different week. So we're skipping ahead. So you didn't read my notes from today. He, he, he hacked into my computer and read next week's notes. So, um, so I have next week's notes only because when I hit print today, I forgot current page. And I printed my entire class from the beginning. So I have it all there. So anyway, um, let's, uh, let's look at Mark. Well, uh, read at you. So why don't we – oh, I wanted to, to sew up this point, actually, Galatians, Galatians 4.4. We didn't make the point. God's son is born. So, so, so whatever was born, it wasn't exclusively human. He was referred to as God's son. And that's important. That, that kind of throws this whole idea out. Well, if he wasn't, yeah. then he was Joseph's son prior. Right. He became divine when the... Well, they might say, well, it was just under the influence, the, you know, the same... It could just be like an influence of the Holy Spirit, just, you know... Just like another miraculous birth, just like uh, Zechariah. I mean, that's just a degree of miracle. One is in old age, and one would be without, you know, without having a human father. It's just a different degree of miracle. Uh, I, if I was, if I was, if I was holding that view, it might be how I would argue that. But it, it's all a moot point. He was God's son when he was born, and that, that it's just like sorry, the. whole whole theory was a nice theory while, while it lasted, but it didn't last that long. So, so just kind of along those lines, let's look at uh, looking at his humanity. Luke chapter 2. Mark, if you want to read uh, Luke 2 verse 40 and then drop down to verse 52. We won't make you read the whole section. And the child grew and became strong and he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature Okay, so we see two types of growth here, don't we? What 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 two two types of growth do we see? Okay, so so we kind of have we're seeing a spiritual development, and this gets to that kind of the emptying himself. He kind not that he did so with with perfecting. This is where we have a hard time figuring out, like. How, how did he get through if he completely was human? Well, 
he obviously had something going on that, that he did it perfectly. He had some awareness of, you know, from the whole time that, that he was trying to do this. There's still a maturing process without the concept of sin. You can be more mature without sin entering the, the context, right? And so he's growing spiritually and, and awakening to that. There, there was a point where he was not in a spiritual, you know, there, there was a point where he was a baby, and was just a baby. And yes, he made noise. Sorry for the Christmas hymn. He did make noise. <laughs> and, and, and at some point, he becomes what we think of as Jesus in, in these few verses. And, and you could just look the few verses prior to that, to the, to the prayer from, from Galatians, that didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so, so this so is a part was, of that growth. No did it respectfully. Did it respectfully, so he's, so we're not sinning, but but he's alerting. He's, I'm aware, and so so obviously the the development is happening. But it's even at twelve, it's not complete. He's continuing after that. He's staying and he's growing and with stature and, and favor. But but that first one really speaks more kind of to the physical development that he, that he was human. He was spiritual and he was human, and and, and he's having to develop physically. I don't know if that's because he's going to need stamina for what he's going to do, or I, like, you know, a lot of people the 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 panty waisted Jesus that 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 people painted in the, uh, you know, in in the Renaissance is not the picture of Jesus. I mean, we're we're talking about a guy that hiked rugged terrain for years. That is not a little pencil necked, you know. That that's a dude. I mean, that's that's a, that was that was that's a man, uh, and he had to get to that point. But first fifty-two is interesting because he says he grew. In yeah. Yeah. And he grew in favor with God. Yeah, and man, yeah, is yeah. Without the concept of sin, and that's where a lot of people like. If he had to grow in favor, then he must have sinned. No, you can just get closer, right? Uh, so, I want to look. Uh, Bruce, do you want to read Matthew four one and two? We're going to just, uh, look at these. Matthew four one and two. Okay, so, so this idea that it was just faith. No. He became hungry. That's the point of the temptation. He had to get to be able to get to a point. Where, where this was an appeal to him. If he's not hungry, if he doesn't have... If, if this is all a mirage, there's no hunger. Uh, and and uh, Barry, do you want to read John 4, 6? Very similar. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. Mm-hmm. 
So, so uh, this is what we're talking about. Here's this traipsing around in the hot sun over this terrain. Uh, takes it out of you. And he took something out of Jesus, too. Uh, so, so he had the ability to be weary, you know. I'm just going to read a couple here real fast. Luke chapter 22, or excuse me, Luke chapter 24, and verse uh, 39. <clears throat> and then going through 43, he says, He went out and made his way to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he told them, uh, Pray that you may not fall into temptation. He withdrew from them a stone's throw and began to pray, Father, if you're willing, take this uh, cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. Uh, being in anguish, he prayed more fervently and became like drops of blood. So it was in this passage. So um, I have it doubled up here. When he got from, uh, got from the prayer to the disciples, he found them sleeping exhausted. So we have this, this deep human emotions. Um, so he, ha he has this side of humanity. And then the last one is in John chapter 20. And then uh, verse 26 through 28 here. John 20, 26 through 28. He says, A week later the disciples were indoors again, and Thomas was with them. And even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Don't be faithless, but believe. And Thomas responded to him, My Lord and my God. You notice what it doesn't say Thomas did? Anybody? A little sneaky thing. Yeah, it doesn't say. Yeah, we, we sing that song. <laughs> it's, it's like, I think it's called Thomas's song, and which kind of presupposes that Thomas actually had to do that. Like, okay, now, <laughs> like, I think at this point he's like, okay, I don't. I, just my personal feeling. I don't think he actually ever took Jesus up on the offer. I think. I think that was good enough. I think the offer was good enough. But but what this does point out to me, that there are some ideas, one other idea, and we'll close with this. That if you've ever heard that Jesus rose with his glorified body, you ever heard that one? You ever heard that one? Oh, I heard that from, uh, I heard that during the Lord's Supper communion. I was like, the thought, I was like, oh, really? I was like, so you're saying that Jesus perpetually has a big bloody scar right there. And, and then he, <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't, and, and he says, he says, he says, I have bones. So Jesus has bones in heaven. I, I didn't know he needed bones in heaven uh, in his glorified body. Um, but Jesus was human before, during, and after. This is not a mirage. He's saying, listen, Take me up on the offer. Touch it. Yeah, he eats afterwards. Yeah, same same idea. Same idea. Just he he eats with them. He goes into the upper room and 
That's where people say, oh, it's a mirage. He walks through the room. No, that's where Jesus does a miracle and does what human bodies typically don't do, which is to walk through stuff. Like, much like he was in a physical body and walked on water, which also doesn't happen. It, Jesus was human. And he eats and he dies. And he, he did all the things that human bodies uh, do. So we'll get into the why and, and the, the mix of, of the deity and humanity. So thank you for your thoughts and participation.